When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Hi, and thanks for listening to The Family Brain. I'm your host, Megan Gibson, and today I'll be talking with Amber Trueblood, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist who helps overwhelmed moms feel more calm, connected, and fulfilled by their lives. She is a speaker and an author. She has a book called The Stretch Marks. She also has a podcast called The Stretch Marks, and she is the mother of four boys, She was so much fun to talk with, and I learned so much, and I almost feel like it was a conversation that came at a needed moment because Texas was in the middle of our snow, snow overwhelming shutdown, and so if I sound a little cuckoo in this interview, I felt a little cuckoo, but she had so many great grounding techniques and just ways to sort of return to yourself to feel more calm in the midst of uncertainty. So it came at a great time for me. I hope you enjoy listening to what she has to offer. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for joining me on The Family Brain today. Hi, Megan. I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Yes, me too. I was reading a little bit about you, and I'm excited to hear that you are also a lover of books. Oh my gosh, so much. I mean, we could talk about that probably the entire time. (laughs) Yay. It's one of my favorite subjects, but I can't can't geek out about it with too many people where they think you're... I know, a little bit cuckoo. Well, I started posting things online just as like an outlet for, you know... Here's what I'm reading in case, and every once in a while, people say a little something about it, but yeah, I think I don't realize until I start talking to other people that other people aren't as into it most of the time as I am. Or feel like me, I'll be like, oh my gosh, there's this word or look at this sentence. Like this phrase is so cool. And I only have a couple people that I'll text that to, And they'll be like, oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, put me on that text chain. I'll be into it. <laughs> Um, so could you start by telling me a little bit about what got you into working with moms and families and what was sort of the path to get you in this field to begin with? Well, I, you know, I was one of these that both my parents were psych majors 
So I kind of grew up like just fascinated with human behavior and why we do what we do and how we develop and our brains, like all of that, just, I eat it up. I love it. Um, and so I, you know, when I got my degree and then I went into the business route and I got an MBA, which was like the wildest, it's, it's a very strange story. It's basically because I had in my dream that I wanted a PhD from a certain institution, but I had some faulty beliefs that like, I wasn't smart enough. I didn't have the money. I just couldn't do it. So I didn't even apply. I didn't even flip and apply. So I went and spent five years like after work, you know, every night getting an MBA in a subject that I was not passionate about. Um, and, uh, and then after I was done with that, I was like, okay, now I'm going to actually learn about what I want to learn about. And I went back to night school again and got my master's in clinical psych. Um, and then, then by that time I had met my husband and we started having a family and then I had four kids back to back to back to back. And I was like, holy wow, wait, what just happened? So I knew that, you know, that I had this like really intense passion to help others and to understand how our brain works. But then I had four little ones at home that were equally important to me. So I just kind of flipped to books and, and continued my education and learning through, you know, books and articles and retreats and seminars and I knew at some point that would all coalesce, like I would figure out how, what it was going to look like. And as it turned out, you know, I learned a lot about human behavior from watching and, you know, growing these little ones. And uh, a couple years ago, I decided to write a book because in my mind, you know, I had been helped by books, right? So I was like, well, if I want to help people, I got to write a bunch of books. Yeah, because that's how you help people. So I wrote a book and I, and it was a really enjoyable experience called stretch marks. And I loved it. And we were actually traveling with all four of my kids and my husband, because this is a whole side story. Uh, two of my kids were in a Broadway musical. So we went on tour with the cast and crew of this musical for almost a year and a half. And that's where I wrote the book. And then I realized not all people love books as much as you do. <laughs> wow. Oh, I see. Is that why this thing called the internet and video is so popular these days? <laughs> <laughs> so then I started speaking and I started doing interviews and podcasts and, you know, local news and things like that um, and realized that I, I really do enjoy that as well. And I can actually reach more people and provide more of the kind of inspiring um, hacks and help that that I love to create and pull from like all the literature and then tweak it and then, you know, and then spread it as much as possible. So, so in the last year and a half, I've been building my brand and really reaching out and doing the YouTube thing and the podcast thing and writing a second book, of course, cause I can't help myself. Um, and uh, so, but in that, you know, because of my own personal journey and feeling very, very overwhelmed and lost as a mom, um, and having to kind of come full circle and use the tools to get me back on my feet, you know, I realized for me, at least the stuff that was out there was not, it was either these like feel good stories. And I was like, that's really nice. That worked for you. I don't see that working for me. And I wanted like simple, real to like, what can I do tonight at dinner time That's going to, you know, help my kids 
communicate more effectively and more kindly to each other. Like, what can I do tonight at bedtime to reconnect with my husband? Like, what can I do tomorrow morning first thing so that I don't feel like I have mommy brain all day and like, I can't remember anything and I'm flustered and frustrated, you know? So I was like, I need, I want real stuff. So that's now what I try to provide for overwhelmed moms is like real, realistic, like useful stuff that you can actually use. And hopefully the like encouragement and inspiration to say like, I don't know you, you know yourself best. Like we're all different. So like, no, be first, be kind to yourself. And then second, like, look at these tools and be honest with yourself expectation wise. Like what's likely to work for you? What have you tried before? And that doesn't work. It Mm -hmm. doesn't do it for you. Okay. Try this thing over here. If you like, I try to work with my clients to say like, notice when you're nodding your head, when you're smiling, when you're like, oh yeah, I used to like, I used to love to, you know, whatever tap dance. And like, I stopped doing that. Or I used to love to crochet or I used to do puzzles with a glass of wine. And oh my gosh, that really calmed me. Why am I not doing that right now? So that was a really long answer to your question, but no, it's good. It's funny. Cause so in your bio online, I was like, she's like my soul sister. She loves books. Um, she loves learning about psychology. What was the other thing? Um, you just said it. Um, yes. no, that's the part that is not like me. <laughs> I was like, Oh, but she's cooler. She hip hop dances. I wish I could. I mean, I do don't get me wrong. I do. It don't look good. It does not look good at all. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's interesting how you can lose touch with those things that sort of anchor you. And what's interesting to me, I don't know how old you are, but like I feel like with my aging process, I have become better at being honest. Oh, I know you don't like to cook. I don't like to cook, but these people got to stay alive, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but it's that process of being honest with yourself that's gotten to be a little bit easier for me. And I wonder, I, and so that's what's, tricky is like, how do you transplant that to younger people who maybe feel a little bit more like I have to do it this way, or this is the right way to do it, or this is how it should be done. Like what, how do you break through some of those barriers? Well, I, so I'm 46. Um, and I love, I'll be 46 in a couple months. So soul sisters. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I love the concept, um, Kintsugi to, to model this. So this is that Japanese, you've probably seen it. It's that Japanese art form where they take a bowl or a vase or a ceramic that's been broken and they put it back together with glue that's laced with powdered gold. So, you know, basically it's a metaphor for, you know, they, they highlight the fractures, the brokenness, and it it um, creates then a piece that's more valuable, that's more beautiful in the end, and they don't hide it. And I think especially in the U.S., we spend a lot of time and energy trying to uh, put forth a certain image, right? Trying to act, you know, doing the whole Instagram thing and the Facebook thing and look at how, you know, look at how hot I look or look at how happy my kids are. Or look at this and, and the pressure and the unrealistic expectations that put on that that puts on all of us, obviously, is not serving any of us. So what I like to do as a model for those younger moms is is really put out there more realistic expectations, right? That we are not perfect. I am not perfect. You're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. We all have different definitions of perfect. So let's start from a baseline 
of being as real as possible with ourselves. And, um, and I try to house it in always in practical terms because, you know, most moms and most humans these days, frankly, but since we're, since I normally talk about moms, um, you know, we don't have extra time lying around. We don't have extra energy lying around. We don't have all of this extra space and extra resources. So if you're going to spend a lot of your time and energy beating yourself up, setting up unrealistic expectations that a aren't even really important to you, you know, um, and wasting what precious time and energy we have on that kind of stuff and looking backwards and beating ourselves up or judging or shaming ourselves. This just not practical. It's just a waste of your limited time. So, you know, I always start like whether I'm talking about relationships or communication or self-care or, um, you know, parenting issues, I always start with like, Let's be kind to ourselves and not because like, oh, it's like the nice touchy feely thing to do. Eh. It's because (laughs) you can't move forward or grow in any positive way. I think unless you're starting from a place of self-kindness, because if you're starting from judgment and I'm like turning around in my chair, like you're just, you're looking backwards, you're beating yourself up for what you didn't do right. What you didn't say, you're comparing yourself to other people. But meanwhile, like the world is continuing forward. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking back, you can't, you can't move forward. You can't learn to grow and plan ahead. So um, a lot of what I talk about starts with first, you know, a lot of practices for acknowledging what is working well, what Mm -hmm. are you doing well, what um, do you appreciate about your life? Because we all have that negativity bias, right? We focus on, and right now there's plenty of options to focus on the scary stuff, the uncertainties, the, you know, the fears, um, and it just doesn't serve us. So I like to serve up a lot of little, little practical hacks that you can use every day, Mm -hmm. focus in on the present to focus in on the positive instead of the negative, not because it's putting your head in the sand or, you know, hiding from the real, things in the world that are bad and need to change. Not because of that. It's because as humans, we're wired to disproportionately focus, right? On the negative. Mm -hmm. So we have to purposely then focus on the positive things in order to just have a more realistic (laughs) perception. Plus it feels better. It's nicer to go about your day realizing all the good stuff. Right. Well, and I love what you said about, um, because I think there's a lot of talk about self-compassion and kindness, self-kindness. And I think that it, I mean, sure. Yeah, it does feel good. It, it sounds nice, but I like what you're saying too. It's also more effective. Like if yeah. you're really kind of like, okay, well, I don't need all that soft stuff. If you really are looking at like efficacy of what you're trying to do, it's more effective to, to be kind. You will make more progress because you're not spending all that negative energy on beating yourself up and looking backwards. And I was talking to a friend recently about, um, she's getting more fit and trying to work out and all of this stuff and talking about things she had in her closet. And we said, talked about exactly that. Then you're looking back and not looking forward. She has the resources. If she wants to buy something new, if something else, you know, to, to restock, you don't need to keep looking backwards. But I think that there's almost like a weight that keeps you feeling stuck when you keep looking back at what was, you know, and then you start to go through your closet and you're like, I don't even like this anymore. So it's fine. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think um, another 
reason, another practical reason to be kind to yourself is you're going to be more pleasant to be around. Like it's not fun to be around negative grouchy people who are focused in on themselves and what's not working and what you did wrong. Like, you know, I think also when you have that mindset of self-kindness, um, you're more, you're more fun to be around. Your partner is going to be, you know, happier because you're happier. You're projecting a lighter, you know, a lightness, which right now there's a lot of heaviness around. And I'm not saying it's simple. Like it's, it's not, or I should say, I'm not saying it's easy, mm-hmm. but it is more simple than you think. Yeah. There are a lot of things that you can do. And I would love to dig in if you want. Yes, I would love that. I want to give you one example just so I don't forget. So if I talked to you, I told you before we started recording that it had snowed here. And I've been in my house, like folding laundry, drinking my coffee, kind of meh. Well, I just went outside and played in the snow for a little bit. And I come back in and my energy is completely different. I'm like... (laughs) I was laughing to myself because I'm calling you my soul sister. I, an hour ago, I would have been like, hi, yeah, you know, but it just totally changed the energy just from being able to be out and kind of get some sunlight, play in the snow a little bit, kind of, and it was right there the whole time, you know, it, it, a neighbor stopped by. And so I went outside, I wouldn't have on my own, you know, so it's just crazy how the shift can happen with such simple things. So yeah, tell me more about what you've, what so, you've discovered. You know- I think there's a couple different levels. So the first level is the things that we hear about all the time, right? Meditation, mindfulness activities like journaling, gratitude practices, yoga, you know, walking in nature, all of those things, you know, are great go-tos for, um, you know, calming your nervous system, getting your cortisol and adrenaline levels to like chill out, Um, and reconnecting to nature. So grounding. So things like, you know, being barefoot outside, hopefully if it's not seven degrees, um, but getting the sun on your face, you know, slow, deep breathing, belly breathing. There's a million guided breathing meditations. So all of those things are wonderful. And the reason like I'm hopping through those is because most people like know them and you kind of know the ones that Oh, I'll say, so I want to go into other ones that are less known, but I will say one thing about meditation. If you're, if you don't get it, if you're just like, what the heck is all this baloney talk about meditation? Like blah, blah, blah. It's not in my character. It's not in my nature. It doesn't appeal to me at all. I wish people would just stop talking about it. <laughs> or I want to, I've tried and I just can't do it. It's too uncomfortable. I'm super ADD, like hyper. I want to talk all the time. Meditation is not easy for me, but I liken it to this. You know, when you go to the gym, say back when people were going to the gym or when you work out for half hour a day or however long people (laughs) work out these days, um, you don't do it just to feel good, look good and be healthy during those 45 minutes you're in the gym. You don't. You do it so that you look good, feel healthy the rest of the day, the rest of your week, the rest of the month, the rest of your life. Meditation is the same way. You don't do it for those 20 minutes to feel Zen and calm just during those 20 minutes and then go back into your frantic life. You do it because that practice like rewires your brain. It allows you to become more purposefully responsive instead of reactive in your day. It improves your patience level, improves your mental clarity. And then it improves everything inside, right? Your immune system, your sleep cycles, your 
um, metabolism, like it, it really has tremendous amount of effects. And part of that is because you're just slow, deep breathing. So what is amazing about meditation, if you haven't given it a chance or you don't understand the hype, when you start doing it regularly, you may find that the benefits fairly soon outweigh the trying to fit it in um, inconvenience. And for me, it's become quite addictive because for me, what it did was it allowed me to sleep. Mm. I spent probably 10 years where I couldn't fall asleep. I was taking this, you know, night, what is it like nighttime, you know, PM, Tylenol PM, and then Advil, and then Lunesta, and then Ambien, <laughs> like, try, you know, try to you drink before bed, you know, trying everything so that you could sleep and stay asleep. And it wasn't until I started doing uh, transcendental meditation, literally the first day, it was, it was two years ago, February now, I remember exactly. And I have not used a sleep aid since then. Oh, wow. It's been like night and day. So when you started the transcendental meditation, how, how did you learn to do that? So I use, I have used headspace. That is my go-to. I like it. My son likes it. One of them. Um, how did you, how did you kind of grow this meditation journey? Well, so I, I grew up meditating, which oh, is okay. rare, right? So I grew up, my dad is from Burma and my mom was like, is from Wisconsin, but she in high school got connected with this, um, this place called uh, self-realization fellowship, which is kind of this um, East meets West organized religion. And there's meditation as part of it. So I grew up meditating and then I like went away from organized religion. I became like super academic, like no, 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 no. And, um, and then when I turned 40, I was like, Hmm, maybe, maybe I need to circle back. So I started meditating again, um, doing, you know, just researching, you know, all kinds of books, obviously, cause that's where I go to for most, most, most of my stuff. And so many um, authors that I really uh, loved talked about transcendental meditation, hmm. but it's a whole thing. It's quite expensive to get trained in it and to certified to do it even. But what I will say for listeners is, um, do you know, Emily Fletcher, she's a med- meditation teacher. Mm-hmm. She's very, she's got Ziva meditation, Z-I-V-A. I highly recommend that. Okay. It's much it's cost effective it's simple her book is amazing it's somewhere here um but she's got a bunch of online stuff so i i really recommend that if you um if you want to practice to a specific practice to learn but obviously insight timer you know headspace om i think om vana is the other one you know there's there's so many guided meditations or just simple breathing meditations oh i just came up with a new one why combined i love to combine i love to read a bunch of stuff and then like combine things so one, so I was going to mention like, so these are all these kind of mindfulness things that are so great for you, but often, and especially now with all the added uncertainties and fears and pressures on people, um, either we don't have the energy, we, we know it's going to help us, but I don't care. I'm just grouchy. You know, like I just upset, I'm upset, I'm scared, I'm angry and I don't want to do it. Right. So, some, so what I love is the brain hacks that circumvent that you don't have to feel it you don't have to like okay i'm gonna deep breathe my way through this i'm gonna gratitude practice my way out of that i mean sometimes it just doesn't work it's not enough or you don't have you know you can't do it so i love the brain hacks that are simple and they 
you, these are things you can do with your body to release that, um, you know, release extra serotonin and release endorphins. So um, some of the simplest ones are um, fake smiling. I mean, you can smile for real, but if you don't feel like it, it's hard. So this is where you grab a pen or a spoon or a um, toothbrush, whatever room you're in, there's got to be one of those three things, right? And you put it in your mouth like this across lengthwise across your teeth and you pull your lips back. Yeah. And you just sit like that while you're answering email or while you're, you know, making dinner or whatever. And your face tells your brain, oh, you're happy. Mm. It cannot literally tell the difference between a fake smile and a genuine smile. Same thing for laughing. You And I, I don't really like like fake laughing, like, ha, 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 you know, it feels weird. It, it also me laugh though. We can do that. I love, you know, since I'm 46 friends, you know, is like, you know, the, the end all be all of silliness for me. So I will go, if you go on YouTube, there is a friend's blooper reel that is an hour long. You click on that, watch that for 20 minutes. I was crying laughing. Like I couldn't <laughs> read. 20 minutes of that, your entire nervous system will shift. It will shift, you know? So find your, your, your favorite sitcom, look up the blooper reel for it, or just your favorite episode of it. But I like the blooper reels because for whatever reason, that particularly cracks me up. A lot of people like the, the news blooper reels, you know, when news people like get the giggles and, you know, so, or, you know, pull up your favorite episode of Saturday Night Live, something like that. So anything to force yourself to laugh, force yourself to smile. Um, and then there's another one that's called a cross-lateral movement. And this woman that I know, um, Dr. Joy Martina, she talks about this a lot. She's the one that I first heard of uh, from it, but it's basically um, any movement. And they do this with children a lot of children with developmental disorders and to get your right side, you know, right hemisphere and your left hemisphere communicating more effectively. And so it's any movement that's going where you're going to cross your midline, your lateral midline of your body. So it could be as simple as opening your left palm, hitting your right palm, either like this, like chopping it or closed. You do this six times and then you reverse, you open your right palm and you hit your left palm with it six times. You go back and forth six times while deep breathing. To me, this is the quickest one because it's really hard to stay upset and even because you're concentrating on it. And Is then that similar to the butterfly tap kind of thing. Yeah. So a lot same of concept. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. So anything where you're crossing Cross lateral. Okay. there's also meditation. Have you heard of the Ho'oponopono meditation? No. Okay. So this is, that's a fascinating, you're going to want to dig into that. Okay. So it's a little, it's on the woo woo side. So if that's something. Apparently I'm into the woo woo stuff. I don't know. I always, I, it, I didn't think, I mean, I have the background like you, like academic and, and then I'm like, well, but it's, it, we've been presented this idea that they're separate, you know, like that the woo woo is woo woo, yeah. you know, I don't know what else to work, but it's, it's fun when you can see the overlap and we just use different words for what right. it is. And in my book, like if it works, I'm going to use it, hmm. especially if it's free and I can do it in my shower, you know, like I'm, I'm going to use it whether or not I understand I use this phone every day. I could not explain to you how it works, right. how I can call anybody anywhere on the planet and look up any question. Like what? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not going to use that because I don't understand. How it works. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I feel the same way about some of these quote unquote woo-woo practices. I'm like, you know what? There's probably a re- ridiculously clear scientific explanation for why this works. We just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I, that's how I house it in my yeah, that brain. makes sense. So the, um, the Ho'oponopono meditation is just, it's four phrases that you, that you repeat. Um, and it is, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And you just say that over and over again. And you don't have to have like a, you're not necessarily saying it to yourself or saying it to a higher power or saying it to your, the person you're upset with, you know, it doesn't have to have a, a necessary direction, but I recently, I decided, oh, what if we combine that with cross lateral movements? Mm. And so, and then there's also this, like, I have this really cool book about like the history of, that sounds so lame. I was going to say the history of math. I have this really cool book about the history of math. <laughs> Maybe I mean, a lot of people, people like-, like math. My husband would want to read that book. He will want a copy of it. So, so <laughs> I have a lot of books about math, interestingly enough, but, um, my kids are super obsessed. Um, one in particular, but they were talking about how counting developed in different cultures and, you know, and tribes and, and places all over the world. And, you know, how ours is based on tens and whatnot. And there's one, um, tribe somewhere in Africa where the counting goes like, you know, each knuckle is a different number. So your elbow is like 13. And depending on where you go from fingertip up your arm across your body and then down your other arm is different numbers. And I think it's like a base 26 or something, something like that. So I was like, Oh, what if we use, what if I use that? And for each joint, I say a round of Ho'oponopono. So, and I did it 10. So like you start with your, you know, your finger, your wrist, your elbow, your shoulder, your heart, and then you switch hands, heart, shoulder, elbow, wrist, finger, and that's 10. And so if you're doing that, you're saying, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. (sighs) I love you. I'm sorry, ma'am. By the time you finish 10, first of all, it only takes like two minutes, maybe less. I haven't timed it, but you know, what an amazing way to, to get your hemispheres communicating and, you know, use your deep breathing and this Huopono kind of woo-woo side magic at the same time. Like, how cool is that? So that's what I've been using, especially in the mornings when sometimes when I try to meditate in the morning, I don't know if you're like this, but especially lately, I kind of feel the weight of the world. (laughs) You know, my brain just starts um, just absorbing, I feel like the worry of the planet. Oh, I have caught myself thinking that if I think about it for long enough, I'll fix it. Like mm-hmm. I realized, like I, that's what I was literally trying to do. Like if I just sit here, I'll fix the situation. Right? Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of therapists, you know, have that because it hurts us to to know that so many people are struggling right now. You know, it's really, you know, we want to help um, and solve, right? Like we want to, we're, we're responsible. We're going to fix it, mm-hmm. <laughs> fix it for everybody. You know. And so, um, so yeah, that's one of the, the practices I've been using to, you know, to help kind of the, the cross lateral movements are really interesting because if you're in a, like when I would use them, when I would recommend everybody use them is when you're in kind of one of these negative thought spirals. So say you just had an argument with your partner 
or a kid just like did something and you're like, oh my God. And you can't, you know, you just can't get out of it. You're mm-hmm. just like it's upset, yeah. upset about it. Um, but maybe you have a call to hop on or you have a podcast to hop on or you really need to, you know, you have only 30 minutes to focus on this next thing. That's when I use the cross lateral movement movements because mentally, emotionally, I don't want to let go of it. I'm upset. I don't want, I don't want to let go of it, but I need to at the same time. So then that makes me even more mad. Right. Yes. <laughs> so that's when I use the, the cross laterals. I love that because I feel like I could have used this yesterday. Um, what I want to do is I want to call everybody I know and recount what happened mm-hmm. and basically have them be on my side. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And, but as you're talking, I'm like that and in the moment, it feels very like, yeah, indeed I should, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, it's that opposite to emotion action thing, like of like, is that actually helping you feel better? Or is that just like fueling your fire, making you feel like your fire is justified and keep going. And in the moment, I almost feel like we trick ourselves. Like, that's what I want. Why would I want that? Why would I want to stay mad? But in those moments, it feels like that's sort of what's happening. And one of the woo-woo things that I 100% buy is what you focus on, like what you spend your time focusing on is what you get more of, mm-hmm. like hands down, mm-hmm. hands down. So if you focus on, oh my gosh, these people are rude or these, you know, this, this, you know, this person, whatever quality you're just harping on because you cannot believe they did that or said that mm-hmm. or behaved in that way. I guarantee you the next week you're going to, you're going to have so much data to reinforce that that's how people are, you know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. I was just talking to a friend today about how just with all of the circumstances of life switching so much, all of the normal patterns that we've had have changed. And so the people in our homes, we got a big old magnifying glass on everything that, you know, has been already in existence. But like you're saying, if you find that thing and you're already kind of feeling eh, and then you find the thing, and then you're like, I'm going to keep on searching. You know, you can get a pretty solid list going. And if somebody were to do that for me, they could get a pretty solid list going for me too, you know, but it's just like, we're together so much that it's hard. And so I was, anyway, it just, it seems like it's happening to everyone you know? And so how do we undo that? And that if you're going through that, you're not the only one, this is very hard circumstances. That's bringing out a lot of things in everybody. Yeah. And I think it's true. You, you know, focusing on what's important to you and, um, and, and realizing that it's totally normal. Yes. It's amplified all this fear and uncertainty has amplified any, you know, relationship issues, any, you know, financial fears, any parenting, you know, problems, any issues with behavior, kids, it's amplified all of that thing. If you, if you had, you know, if you had an inkling of an eating disorder before, man, if you had an inkling of a, you know, tendency to drink too much, holy mackerel, you know what I mean? Like everything, everything has been tested and pushed. So because of that, it takes a lot of being kind to yourself, being honest with yourself about what's working and what's not working, what you would like to change. And then knowing that it is changeable. It is, you can work on it, but it is, you're going to have to do some purposeful things. You're Mm -hmm. going to have to find tools that work for you and then actually do them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's easier said than done sometimes, but 
I have one, you know, I have one tool I like to use for emotional refueling. So I think because we've all endured so many months of this type of, of pressure, you know, emotional, um, primarily, I think, but financial, certainly, um, and physical kinds of things. I think refueling ourselves emotionally and resetting, like resetting our mindset for the future are kind of the two things that if I could say, if anybody could do, you would be doing yourself a huge favor for 2021. So refueling yourself emotionally, kind of, if you, if you imagine it as an emotional bank account, so to speak, Mm -hmm. And it's depleted. A lot of people talk about like refilling your cup. I call it a bank account. Same, same difference, you know, but um, if it's depleted and a lot of women in particular, I see this in relationships, um, you know, when it's empty, you're closed. You're like, I'm done. I am done. I've given and given and given, given and given. And we hit zero account closed. I'm done. So taking responsibility for knowing how low your amount is getting and then actively purposefully finding the tools to refuel yourself is really, really going to be important, I think, for people. So should, should I hop into some like little tips? Yeah, I was just going to ask. And then I was like, maybe she's not a magician, but you are. So give us the <laughs> tips. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, you know, it's your job, everybody listening to like, notice what you nod your head on, notice what you say, oh yeah, 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 that might work for me. Mm-hmm. And then that's the stuff you do tonight. You yeah. do tomorrow morning. Okay. You put a note on your, on your, you know, you write and dry erase marker on your mirror. You put a note in your, a reminder in your phone. You know, you actually figure out the tools to make it happen. And in my, in my book and on my, you know, on my website and stuff like that, I have a lot of reminders and, you know, a ton, a ton of content for that kind of stuff. But some easy things to remember if you're listening. So I use the word labor as an acronym. I also love acronyms. Are you an acronym junkie? I'm not. I feel like you can <laughs> dance. You do acronyms. You know about transcendental. I got to get up some other skills going to bring to this relationship. It's not a, it's not a competition. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that so sad? <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Um, labor. Okay, wait, I'm going to stop. We're going to show, we're going to do something. Okay. So tell me three things that you really, really feel proud of and appreciate about your character. Um, I'm outspoken. I am um, determined and I am observant. Ah, nice. You've like crouched it into one word each. That's phenomenal. (laughs) Very cool. Okay, love it. Love it. Um, okay. So labor is, is one that I use. So, and this is because the, these things all are very useful in labor, like physically, if you're (laughs) giving birth and for any stressor you experience for the rest of your life. So, um, during labor, if you're worried about what's happening next, what's happening during transition or when you're, you know, at your, or after the baby's born, if you're worried about what's happening next, you're going to, you're going to be really freaked out <laughs> and you're not going to be able to concentrate on the present. I remember, um, being in labor with my first son and I had a doula there, like a labor coach. And I remember being at like four centimeters or something. And 
I remember looking up at her from like my ball, you know, and saying, uh, so I know we talked about maybe no epidural, like this is baloney. There's no way I'm going to make it through transition. If this hurts like this now, and I just started freaking out and she was like, no problem. We can do that. Why don't we just focus on the contraction you're actually having right now? And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then I just focused in and it never came up again because I was so focused on the present and it turned out that I could totally tolerate and survive and handle what was happening in the present. Mm. I could handle it. It was the fear of the unknown that was really freaking me out. So, so the L is look to the present. And what this means for you today is that if you're worried about what's going to happen next year with your kids with school, Or what are you going to do with them during the summer when like, what if we're still on lockdown and you have to work and what, you know, if that is creating a tremendous amount of anxiety so that you can't function and enjoy your day to day, you're looking too far ahead. So let's bring it back. What about this next month? Is that handled? Do you feel good about this next month? No, even that is stressing you out because it's somebody's birthday or whatever. Okay, let's focus on this week. You close in, close in the time frame. To a point that you, knowing yourself, because everybody's different, you know, what can you handle and still be a functioning human in your life today with the people that are in your life right now and around you? So, and that's going to change. So some days you might feel like, uh, I got it. I got this. I got this. I'm good. You know, we're feeling good. You can plan ahead. You can think further out. Other days, man, you're like, okay, I can focus on from now till lunch. And that's about it. Because if I start thinking about what the F I need to make for dinner, I'm going to lose my, you know. Yes. Well, and I think the trick in that can sometimes be communicating that to a partner. Like mm-hmm. I can't talk, I can't talk about summer vacation right now with you. I can tell you're excited about it, but right now it's making me feel very anxious because totally. is where we'll be. Um, and that can be tricky, but I think figuring out like knowing why you're doing it and then being able to communicate it. Cause I yes. think sometimes we can catch ourselves just being like, just stop it, stop it now. You know, and it, you don't even really, it's hard to process why it doesn't feel right. Yeah. I had to tell my husband that with, um, sharing news reports with me of what mm-hmm. was happening during certain times. And, um, and it took a couple heated conversations to say, I, I literally can't hear this right now. Yeah. I will not be able to function in the way that I need to function for this family. If you tell me this right now. Mm-hmm. So like, tell me if there's like a tsunami on the way, or if we need, you know, like if there's something imminent and I need to know, great interrupt, tell me whenever you need to. Other than that, like, you know, and so now he'll say like, so something's happening today. Like, do you want me to tell you what's happening? And I'll be like, after this call, you know, yeah. or like, okay, tell me. Probably not. Um, yeah. So the L for labor is looking okay. to the. Yes. Yeah, so I like that. The A is um, one of my favorites. So if you're in, if you've ever been in labor or you can imagine being in labor, if there is an annoying uh, sister-in-law in the room or a, a, a nurse who's driving you crazy or anybody who is annoying or obnoxious, you will either say it yourself if you're outspoken and brave like you are, or whisper to somebody else, get them out, get them mm-hmm. out of this room. Like I cannot, I cannot have that person in here right now out, you know? It's the same thing right now. We're in that same level of emotional emergency care, you know, where if there are people around you who are only serving to inflame 
and magnify your, your fears, your frustration, your anger, your irritation, you need to avoid them completely, or at least minimize your time with them, you know, and really taking responsibility for that, you know, not taking the call, say, Hey, you know, I'm slammed today. I don't care if you're laying on the couch, reading bonbons, reading bonbons, eating bonbons. Got you. We you understand. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Do bonbons exist anymore? I don't know. Uh, Sounds good. <laughs> watching TikTok videos. What's, I don't know what's like the, the cool thing to do now on the couch, but that's what I've been doing. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, really consciously avoiding those people, um, you know, people call them zombies. So these are, I'm not zombies. Zombies is another thing. Um, vampires. So these are people that leave you feeling emotionally drained. Mm -hmm. Zombies is something else where I talk about content that eats away at you the rest of the day. So also, avoid that know what content you can handle I mean I have friends they can read you know I have a girlfriend who's a police officer and the stuff that she sees and deals with every day mm-hmm. and then you can go home and like make a plate of lasagna and eat it like a normal human and I'm so grateful that there are people out there who can do that I know for myself I can't you know I I, I'm not, I wouldn't be useful <laughs> but you listen to the emotional worlds of people and it's just and I think that there are people that that would be challenging for so totally. it's just everybody's brain handles. My husband can watch a lot of like, um, like cop things, violence, explosions that like wreaks havoc to my nervous system, but like Mm -hmm. things about other things like abuse kits, like I can watch that because it's like, I don't know, it's just a different threshold. So the key is knowing yourself. Yeah. And being honest and communicating. Oh, I, I, I know for myself, I need to minimize or avoid Mm -hmm. that type of behavior. So the A is avoiding annoying people, avoiding vampires. Um, B is breath. And we talked about this with meditation. So there is like not one tool on the planet. I think that's more effective and powerful than slow, deep breathing. So And I always like to start, and if everybody wants to do this with me, who's listening, as long as you're not driving. Um, So you always start by like relaxing your shoulders, which, you know, even once you do it once, then I often realize they're still, they're still a little tight. And then the second thing I'll say is to relax your face muscles. And so, and so sometimes it means like, sometimes I'll have a funny face or blow air into my cheeks just to kind of realize what I'm holding. Um, so relaxing your face and jaw muscles, which is also something they do in, um, oh, well that's relax. Sorry. That's, that's the R I don't want to skip ahead, but the B is the deep breath. So then you want to breathe in through your nose and then release it. And the fuller you can get your belly and the more you can release it back down and kind of empty it, the better you're going to oxygenate your brain. You're going to get, you know, it's, it has somewhere I have, I put it on the, on a book, um, what do you call those things you put in book to save your pages? Bookmark. 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 Thank you. <laughs> I put it on a bookmark, like all the benefits of, of deep breathing. So the B is for taking a couple really deep breaths and that's going to serve you. You can also do it anywhere, anytime, any place it's free. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't no calories, you know, you can just do it anywhere. Um, the O is kind of a cheat on the acronym at I use it for H2O for water. So hmm. drinking water. I guarantee you most of the people listening are not drinking the amount of water that your body needs. So if you're feeling irritable, if you're feeling headachey, if you're feeling hungry all the time, you may not be drinking enough water. Mm-hmm. So like 
how, what can you do to realistically allow yourself to easily drink more water? So does that mean I, I interviewed recently the woman uh, who founded Hint Inc., mm-hmm. the water company, and she said um, she was drinking like eight to 10 diet Cokes a day and having all kinds of physical issues and emotional you know, issues as a result. And so she quit cold turkey and switched to water, but she was like, oh, I hate the taste of water. So she would line up eight giant glasses of water like on the counter in the morning and then, you know, drink it throughout the day. Like some people, you know, you put it in a big jug with some lemon, put it in the, you know, in the freezer or make, you know, maybe not the freezer, put it somewhere um, cold. That would call it, be called a refrigerator. Um, so, or, you know, or hot tea or, you know, whatever is, you know, that's going to work for you. Like, I don't really love plain water either. So I keep where is it? Like normally it's right here. These little like effervescent green, like green veggie, you know, they're like supposed to have nutrients and vitamins and stuff like that. So I put those in my water and then I, I notice that I'll drink it up quicker if there's something in it or like a vitamin C, you know, um, not gummy, but an effervescent pill or something like that. So use whatever, you know, you're more likely that, that will work, you know, that's just going to be effective for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so drinking more water, that's the, oh, so we've got look to the present. We've got avoiding annoying people, avoiding vampires. We've got breath. And then we've got H2O for water. And the R is relaxing. So I don't know about you, but I will find myself in the middle of the night with my hands in a fist. Yeah. Yeah. Or yes. Or uh, so many people are like grinding or I, w- I recently like my, my lips are like pursed and I was like, what, what is that movement? Like, why is my face doing that? But our bodies are showing us how much stress that we're under right now. And so you can also hack your brain by doing the opposite. So You don't always have to go from mindset out to body. You can go from body into mindset. So that's why I like the, you know, the pencil in the mouth tool. Same thing with relaxing your body, even chewing gum, you know, it's the whole fight or flight thing. If you're eating, your brain thinks that you're not being chased by a tiger. So if you chew some gum, relax your shoulders and breathe deeply, your brain is like, oh, she must be safe. There must not be any imminent danger happening, we can stop releasing all this adrenaline and cortisol and removing the, 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 you know, the blood and the activity from the prefrontal cortex, which is going to help you have patience, right. And concentrate and your memory and all this stuff. How many people walk into a room and you're like, Oh my God, what did I come in here for? What what was I just talking about? You know, meditation will help with that. Deep breathing helps with that. And you know, even in high school, I remember people telling me like the joke was that like, don't ask her, she won't remember. And I just, then I labeled myself as that like, oh, I just have a terrible memory. You know, that's not fun to grow up with, but I'll tell you in the last five years, since I've been meditating and doing all of this mindfulness stuff and focusing on the, on the moment, you know, I don't have to write my lists as quick. I used to lit, be addicted to lists because that was my memory I could, I, I couldn't trust my brain to remember something. So I'd write everything down. Um, and now, you know, I've noticed a huge difference with my memory, my focus, my concentration, um, which is 
like magical, right? Yes. I need to get back to that. I had a moment back in March, April, somewhere around there where just the anxiety of everything was just bleh. And so, you know, those moments where you're like, okay, what, tell me about the meditation again. You know, like sometimes it takes getting to those like ugh, really uncomfortable points. And one of my friends does um, sound baths. Have you ever done one of those? Mm-hmm. It's just so, I mean, but she had told me about it forever and I just was like, mm-hmm, okay, okay. And then I was like, what's this sound bath? What, tell me now, you know? And so I, but I, and I think the hard part for me is exactly what you're saying about staying with it, even when you're not in that depth, you know, I mean, in, and just sort of keeping yourself at a higher baseline and maybe I'm used to not keeping myself at that baseline um, and just sort of staying on top of it and like incorporating it into your life a little bit more. Right. Yeah. And, and knowing like there are so many, like you mentioned sound baths. I know people who are like, oh my gosh, those changed my life. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that like it, it just, so knowing like, are you an auditory person? Like, do you need to turn down the volume in your house and turn up things that really fill you, mm-hmm. you know, help like fill your insides, you know, and really refuel you. Um, you know, are you a visual person? Well, what, you know, do you have clutter and mess everywhere that's really adding to your, you know, your stress levels, you know, so knowing yourself and knowing what tools, like there's also, you reminded me when you said sound bath, there's also like Qigong breathing. So I know I, I know a bunch of people who started doing these breathing where it's, it's a breathing exercise where you just lay down, but it's, it's can be quite intense um, you, I think it's like <sighs> something like that. And you do that over and over again. And, um, I know people who they were like, oh my gosh, that's changed my life. I do that two or three times a week or two or three, t- you know, two times a day. I think sometimes people even do. So sometimes if you find that thing or like, um, yoga with Adrian, that's a, a yoga online person, um, who by the way has like 8 million followers. Like I love her. She's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Very soothing too, which I enjoy. Yes. So soothing, soothing. And you don't have to commit to like a 38 minute or it's like some of them are seven minutes, Mm -hmm. 13 minutes. And that goes with like, I talk in my book about micro goals. Like sometimes you're like, oh, I should get up and go running every day. I should go on a hike. I should do this. And you're like, oh, it's just too big of a thing to bite off. (laughs) You know, so you're just like, okay, I'm going to do a 10 second plank once a day, you know, or I'm going to do five sit-ups, you know, make it a micro micro goal. And then you, you know, you set yourself up for success. You're more likely to do it. You're more likely actually like to end up maybe doing 10 sit-ups and not just five, you know, and then you can build up from there. But some, you know, that's, that's a motivational tactic that aligns with knowing yourself. Other people need a big goal. They need like, okay, when all this quarantine ends, I'm going to run a, a mini triathlon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a year and a half. So I'm going to start training for that now. Some people need that kind of goal. Mm-hmm. Some people need an accountability partner. Hey, can we go for a walk like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday? I'll meet you outside. Like, we'll, you're like, we'll just keep each other accountable. I really need to do this, you know? So know what tools will work for you. And then, you know, maybe it's putting out your running shoe. I hate running. So I don't know why I used it as an example, but I love the, you know, the yoga with Adrian stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because- and I love what you're saying about just always going back to knowing yourself and not, cause even when you're talking about like some people need a longer thing, when this is over, I'm going to do this. 
I don't like doing that for whatever reason. I don't like thinking about when this is over, here's what I'm going to do. That's like one more thing to think about. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't, but I, and I've never really thought about that, but it's interesting. Like, Oh, maybe that's just not for me, but this is what's getting through helping somebody else get through. My thing is more like autopilot. Like I have my things. The snow is kind of putting a little creak in my plans, but I, you know, I sort of know what helps me day to day and I'm fine with that, but like looking ahead can be too much. And it's just, that works for me. Somebody else might need this other thing, you know, and I think sort of being at peace with just your operating system, you know? Yeah. Being honest with yourself about what's going to work and then implementing it. So mm-hmm. like some people, I was doing a retreat once. I remember so vividly when we were talking about this and I remember bringing up the motivational example of like small prizes. So the guy who started Mind Valley, which is now, well, I don't know what it is now, but back when I was writing my book, it was like a $40 million company. <laughs> and he started out selling meditation DVDs or CDs on the internet. I don't know how many years ago, but um, so, and he had a regular day job. And so he would, you know, he would track his sales. And if he made every day that he made $5, he would buy himself a, you know, Starbucks coffee with it. And he'd be like, I got a free coffee today from my business. And then he amped it up to like a coffee and a Subway sandwich. Mm -hmm. And then, but he, but for him, that was like a motivating factor. Instead of being like, I made $5 in my business today. Like, shoot me now. This is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Um, He made a game out of it. He gamified it, which is becoming really big, right? We're realizing that kids, it's not just kids who like points and, you know, badges and, you know, little acknowledgements like adults do too. And I remember at this retreat, this woman saying, oh yeah, that would totally work for me. Like I like little treats. So if you say like, oh, I have to send all these emails. Okay. For every five emails I send, I'm going to take a break and go sit on the couch with my you know, pet and watch an episode of friends or whatever, you know, give yourself little rewards. And some people that's what works for them, you know? Right. No, it's so interesting to think about and just kind of, again, I think that's the fun and the freedom. I think I feel in, in my forties is just, it's kind of fun to notice these different things. And it's, it's like, you almost want to fast forward those earlier years of, and I think there are, I'm sure there's some value in that. And just kind of like, you can't rush the whole process like of wisdom or whatever, you know, you, you want to be able to offer it. And I, I mean, wisdom, I'm 40, I'm sure 40 years from now, if I'm lucky to be alive, I'll have, I'll be like, she didn't know anything, but, um, it's just an interesting process to be sort of like in that spot where you can kind of take it in and see, like, it's exciting that not everybody's the same. We don't need to be. It's better yeah. that we're not. Um, what, is there anything that I haven't asked you about or that you didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? Um, I mean, we could talk a l- little bit about, and I know we're wrapping up here, but, um, you know, I think communicating, I think this experience has, if you're living with any other adults, um, chances are it's created a little bit of, of issues, you know, and these are in, you know, even if you didn't have issues before it's, you know, it's a lot of pressure on a relationship. So, um, I always say, you know, there are, there are a couple quick things that you can do that will be helpful. And one is, um, small and specific, um, gratitude. So, Instead of saying things, which is, you know, any gratitude is wonderful. So if you say, oh, you know, I appreciate you, honey, or thanks for making dinner tonight, that's, that's great. 
as specific as you can get and small. And of course, acknowledging something that you really truly are grateful for. So if you say like, oh, when you, you know, when you brought me my little breakfast mush cereal this morning, because you knew I was running late for my podcast, like, that was really sweet. Thank you. You don't have to make like a huge deal out of it. But the point is, is that you're, you're noticing, you're showing them that you really are noticing something small and specific. And then you're acknowledging that and bringing that to light as something you value. So it's more likely to happen again. They realize, oh, wow, you know, she noticed something that I did for her and it made her happy. Um, And I think that's the underlying message I always like to remind people is chances are the person that you're married to or living with or in a relationship with wants you to be happy. They really do. You know, they might not be going about it in a way that that makes you happy, (laughs) but they're trying. So it's your job to help them see what really is making you happy. And the other part of that is we're not perfect. We've already said that. So you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say crappy things. You're going to have an attitude. You're going to be snarky. You know, you're going to have your moments. So as soon as you can authentically apologize for what you said or what you did, the better. And if you can do it in front of your kids, I think that's golden because you will see them then modeling that to one another. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know what? I said that really rude. That came out the wrong way. I'm sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean it that way. I just was thinking about this other thing that I just read. Not that you're using it as excuse, but sometimes it helps them to see. It really wasn't about that. You were irritated about something else and it just bubbled over. Well, and like we were talking about before with the nervous system getting overloaded and all the things we have coming in from the world and then something else happens in your home. And I just think your brain, I mean, sometimes I'll say things, I'm like, where did that come from? Like what, you know, and it's just my systems overloaded and that giving that grace to our partners as well, that their systems are going to get overloaded. You know, I'm good at giving grace to myself. And it's not about you. And chances are, it's not about you. Right. Right. I, um, so much sense. And I like to exemplify it with this, like If somebody say that you knew in college who you haven't had contact with for a bazillion years, did something to hurt you, you know, did something that that wasn't kind and bothered you. um, And they sent you an email out of the blue and said, you know, I just wanted to say that was really crappy of me to do. And I've always thought about it and I feel badly. And, you know, I hope you're well, would that make you feel good? You know, would that be nice to hear? And that's from a stranger who you have no contact with, you know, from years and years ago. So if, it, if you've done something that you are still thinking about that just feels off, it merits an apology. You know, worst case scenario, your partner will be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But best case scenario is they will appreciate it mm-hmm. because everybody appreciates that. So it can really go a long way for reconnecting mm-hmm. that then will then spiral more and more positive, you know, opportunities for interactions and connection. Um, and that can, that can help a lot right now. Yes. I love that. The thing, this is sort of skipping back to what you were saying about the affirmations, because I think that's right on. And I think that what we're also dealing with, with a lot of people working from home and being in their home environments is you're not getting some of that natural gratitude that can happen in the workplace. Like, Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll see you later. I mean, maybe it's not like 
you know, overflowing, but like some of that natural back and forth that might be happening in the workplace where you kind of feel good about whatever your work is, um, that I think everybody kind of needs a little bit more these days, you know, just to kind of keep feeling level. So you can do, we do like, um, I recommend something called circle compliments. So at dinner, you know, a lot of people do like gratitude where, you know, everybody says something they're grateful for or something big and smaller. They say, share their highs and lows. You know, you hear a lot about that kind of stuff. I like circle compliments and this is where, well, we have a larger family cause there's four kids and two adults. So, you know, somebody will say something that they admire or appreciate about the person to their left. And then it goes around. And, you know, if you have time, you might find that kids really, really enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And when a child hears a compliment and not just like, oh, I like your new backpack, you know, something about their character um, or their behavior. um, When they hear a compliment from their sibling, man, that's like gold. It's gold. Oh, that person likes me. The other thing I added to it was things I'm working on. So this is personally, and I'll say, uh, so I'm working on like being in the present moment because a mom is always, I'm always thinking ahead and planning and I'm in my head and I'm, and I forget to be here and enjoy this moment with all these lovely people that I've created. And so that's what I'm working on. And we'll go around and they'll each say what they're working on, not like a project or homework, but like character wise. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about that is then the other people in the family will realize, oh, that's interesting. He knows that that's super annoying. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I thought he didn't, you know? (laughs) And so if, if that's also a nice, um, a nice way to reconnect and help, you know, you know, just general family interactions. Right. I love that. So one of the things I ask, or the thing I ask everyone last on the episode is just what is your sort of touchstone practice during these times of that you really try to do and that, you know, sort of helps you stay centered. Okay. So I feel like I might know, but yeah, maybe I don't. Mine is going to be my morning meditation practice. Yeah. Um, And I do it at a night as well. Um, but it looks a little different every day. So some days if I'm, um, if I can't seem to focus, um, during meditation, I'll do like a breathing meditation or a Ho'oponopono, like I mentioned, um, or I'll just start, I'll grab my journal and just start writing things I'm grateful for and just, you know, write, 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 write everything I can think of that I'm grateful for. Um, I also do like a visualization practice. So you know, some combination of mindfulness and gratitude every morning, um, is that's like, helps me start my day with a kind of, um, a reminder of what's important to me and how fortunate I am in so many ways. And, um, you know, it allows me to focus in on the present moment. So that's, that's my biggest thing. One of the things I used to do, which you know, like all people I forget. And I, even though I talk about it all the time is, you know, adding something to your week that is like a, is like a 10 is like a nine or 10 on your gives you joy list. So if you're like, you know, Megan and I, and you don't like to cook (laughs) and, you know, and you, you have a lot of things on your daily list that are not joyful, (laughs) that don't bring you joy, but you have to do them. Um, often adding something to your week that is super, super fun for you 
make suddenly making dinner that night, like not so much a chore because you've invested in yourself and you've raised your emotional bank account. So for me, like dance class is like that or writing is like that. And, or even sometimes like a really cool podcast episode, I'll come off and I'm just like, yeah, what's everybody want for lunch? Like, all right, I'll throw it together. Not a big deal. But if I had not been doing that all morning, mm-hmm. I'd not be happy about lunch. Yeah. Not- yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. And I feel like with things like that, it sort of taps into a different part of my brain, you know, like it just gives a different part of my brain a chance to wake up a little bit. And so then that making a sandwich or whatever, I, I show up more happy, really. And a lot of moms, they're not learning something new anymore. You know, they're not doing something that's like a little outside of their comfort zone in a fun way. Like I did a retreat and we did um, a trapeze and we did this thing where we, we drove like three hours to this cenote, which is like the sinkholes in the, in the forest in Mexico where they're gorgeous. But we jumped off this, like, I don't know how a 20 foot thing into it. It was scary, Mm -hmm. but it was so fun. And a lot of the women on the, at the retreat said to me afterwards, you know, it, that was in, it it had been years since they'd done anything like that. And it awakened in them, like you said, a part of their brain that had been dormant, Mm -hmm. but wasn't dead and like in need of revival. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can like figure out how to do these things that are healthy, it keeps us from doing the unhealthy ones, you know, like, and going down a different path. Yeah. Well, I have loved talking to you. I could talk to you all day. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your work. And I've got to listen to your podcast is called stretch marks also. Yes. Yes. Okay. I got to listen to that. How often do you put out a new episode? Weekly. Weekly. Okay. That's a lot. I was doing weekly and now I'm doing every two weeks. Oh, nice. That feels better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me and I will point everyone in the direction of your work. And I'm so thankful for you sharing everything you're doing. Really, really fun to talk to you, Megan. And whenever you want to geek out about books, I'm here. Like I, you know, I know. What are you reading right now? I was going to ask you after the fact, but so I got, I want to know just ordered hardwiring happiness because Somebody recommended it another. Um, so I just went through it last night. Um, and cause a lot of the books I'm reading right now are prep for the book I'm writing. Okay. So, um, but it was, it was kind of all stuff that I already talk about it. Mm. So not that it wasn't useful, but it wasn't, it, I didn't feel like it was adding to my toolkit. So yes. it was a little bit bummer. Um, I one of my big discoveries, like during- say that. <laughs> don't cut this out of it. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, but it, it, it's a refresh of what you already are doing. Yeah. One of the things that I've realized during the pandemic is that I love, I do better listening to nonfiction than mm-hmm. I do reading it. Fiction. I love to read. It's hard for me to listen to it, but that it's just a fun discovery. I'm like, huh? Like I can get through some pretty tough nonfiction books if I'm listening. Yeah. Well, my book, so this one is, um, it's, it's on audible and it's super short. So stretch marks is you can get it on audible and it's an easy listen. It's not a tough listen. Um, but yeah, I, I recently read, um, the big leap. Have you read that Big leap? I know the, I know who it is. It's that other author that wrote some other really popular book, right? Um, yeah. and I, I guess it's been around for yeah. a long time. Okay. Gay Hendrix. Yes. But 
but he I wrote, had, didn't he write the man called Ove or something like that? I think he did. Oh, maybe. Wait, and that was tough for me to read. I didn't, I didn't do well with that, but it was very popular. Yeah. So I, I really liked this one as far as that kind of book is concerned. And then it's funny since I moved to San Diego, one of my newest best friends here, um, is a writer and she writes, um, romantic, what do you call it? Romance books, Mm -hmm. which I'd never read romance books before ever. Um, but she's a really good writer and they're oh, very fun. Crazy. They just have like some racy scenes. In them. Yeah. I love but, it. What's her name? Her name's Renee Carlino. Okay. Fun. So um, heard, what about you? What have you read recently? Um, gosh, right now, you know, the book I love that I always tell everybody about, and I actually had her on my podcast, um, before she was in Reese's book club is Lori Frankel. Do you know Lori Frankel? Mm-mm. Oh, she is the best. She has a book called This Is How It Always Is. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. But it's um, fiction, yes, because isn't fiction. Rachel with- yeah, that's fiction. Um, I, I love reading fiction. I just and I like I like having read nonfiction. It's kind of mm-hmm. like you were saying about exercising. I like, oh, it's called the one I'm reading right now is called Ona Out of Order. Oh, okay. It's good. It's she's it's kind of like a time travel kind of thing, which isn't wouldn't be my typical, but I like it. Are you on Goodreads? No, I mean, I'm not enough. There's a subject. Um, no, not really. I do audible. And then I, I like real books, but like, you know, because our time is limited, right? Like if it doesn't catch me right away, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't have I know. time. For it, you know? I have been doing a lot more reading on Kindle. Um, cause I like the paper white and I can lay on my side and not really, I mean, the fact that I don't want to have to hold something with two hands is just kind of where I am these days. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Oh my gosh. So much for listening to this episode. I would be so appreciative if you would leave a review and a rating for this episode. To do that, you scroll to the bottom of all of the episodes in your Apple Podcasts app, and it helps other people find the show. If you want to learn more about the family brain, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or online, familybrainpodcast.com. And I'm also now on TikTok, which is just a very interesting place. If you haven't checked it out, I will give you the warning that it's not just um, tempting for kids. <laughs> Basically, adjust to your interests. So then it just keeps pulling you back for more. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to limit myself. But anyway, check us out on TikTok also. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.